Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff. Today, I want to talk about is training in the gi starting to become unpopular? As I mentioned in a previous episode, Gordon Ryan was just on the Joe Rogan Podcast. That is huge for jujitsu. But I want to talk about today probably the most controversial thing that Gordon said when he was talking to Joe. Now, in terms of Gordon Ryan, he really wasn't that controversial. It was a great listen. Definitely go back and listen to that podcast episode. But the thing that I've seen everybody mention, that people are talking about it on different forums from Reddit to Brandon's Facebook group to a couple of other places, is when Gordon said, in 10 years, he told Joe, in 10 years, training in the gi will be extinct. No one will be training in the gi. Everyone will be training Nogi. And he told Joe that this was going to happen for a couple of reasons. One, all of the money in professional grappling is in Nogi right now. All the big athletes are Nogi athletes. And more importantly, the fans, especially people that do not grapple. He says he has people all the time that comment on his posts, that send him private messages, that do not grapple. They're just fans of his. They love watching him compete in no-gi jiu-jitsu. And he says it's because regular fans, especially MMA fans, can really find a common ground between MMA and no-gi jiu-jitsu. There are a lot of similarities. It looks like something that they're used to watching. And so it's much easier them, for them to digest than for them to watch a gi jiu-jitsu match. They have no idea what's going on with the, uh, with the collar grips and the sleeve grips and all the crazy guards and all of the weird positions and the guys are in kimonos. And it just looks more like old school karate to them. And a lot of them just aren't into it. Now, this is what Gordon said. And I wanted to do an episode where I talk about where I think gi jiu-jitsu will be in 10 years, especially in comparison to no gi. Do you guys think I think that gi jiu-jitsu will be extinct? Now, this is probably going to be a little biased because obviously I'm a no gi guy. I'm a first degree black belt in 10th planet jiu-jitsu. I've only trained in the gi a handful of times. Like legit, I think I've trained in the gi four or five times. Now, the kids' classes at our school require the students to wear a gi, especially when it's not summer. Like, if it's summertime, we'll let them wear no gi gear, but anytime outside of those four months, it's gi season. You're wearing the gi. And so I'll rock a gi whenever I'm covering. And so that's the only time I ever wear my belt, but I never, ever, ever go do training sessions in the gi. The last time I did that was, man, probably three years ago. I think I've rolled one time at, no, I've rolled twice as a black belt in the gi. And then I think twice before that I did a gi training session. So four or five times ever. So again, my opinion is probably going to be biased, but I'm going to do my best to, to try and stay unbiased. Now, I think something that, you know, Gordon didn't mention that's been really fascinating to me is watching the athletes start to transition from gi, pure gi players to no gi grapplers. And there's one name in particular that has been really surprising as he's entered the no gi scene, Mikey Musumeci. Now, Mikey Musumeci is a huge name in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but if you're just a no gi fan, you probably really don't know who he is. Mikey Musumeci is a prodigy. Like he's 
who Nicky Ryan wants to be. Like everybody wanted to claim Nicky Ryan was the prodigy. Like, no, Mikey Musumeci is the prodigy. He is probably the best American born jujitsu player. His jujitsu is flawless. But for the longest time, he only ever competed in the gi. He's been dominating gi divisions for the past six years. He's still super, super young. He was basically the small gi version of Gordon Ryan. I mean, he just dominated everybody. He was winning everything. But as I said, he never competed no gi. Well, that all changed this year. He got invited to do a who's number one event. He did his first no gi match in like forever. And he took on Marcelo Cohen. And he looked absolutely dominant. He ended up getting a submission finish over a previous EBI vet. He had actually just competed in CJJ the prior week. And he absolutely dominated Marcelo Cohen. He went in there, pressure passed, mounted, and finished with a super slick submission. It's one of my favorite matches that's taken place this year. Now he's got another no-gi match coming up against the Atos representative, Lucas Pinheiro. And it looks like Mikey Musumeci is gearing all of his training towards these who's number one events and ADCC. Again, this is fascinating because he was one of the big dogs in the gi, like one of the three biggest stars. Now, there's a couple of other guys that have been purely, purely gi grapplers. The other big one that I want to see, if he makes the transition, then I really think we'll start to see the professional gi events pretty much become non-existent. And that is Nicholas Marigali. Now, Nicholas Marigali is probably my favorite grappler to watch in the gi. It's either him or Felipe Pena. Now, I want to say that there's really been one big professional gi event this year. There's two that come to mind, but there was like one really, really big one. And I guarantee almost all of you that are listening to it has no, have no idea that it even took place took place near the beginning of this year it took place in brazil and it was a big grand it was an absolute grand period i believe it was for ten thousand dollars and the division was absolutely stacked it featured guys like felipe pina nicholas marigali who i've already mentioned it also had i believe kind duarte was in it uh gutenberg carrera was in it i think he made it to the finals but anyways felipe pina looked absolutely dominant I, I really enjoyed watching this gi event because I'm a big, as I said, I'm a big Felipe Pena fan. I love watching his jiu-jitsu gi or no gi, and he looked amazing as he won this division. But that's been it. Other than that, the gi scene has been super quiet. And we keep seeing more and more no gi events every other weekend, it seems like. And from Submission Underground to the CJJ events, I mean, CJJ and Submission Underground are the two biggest events, followed by who's number one. But the most eyes are on CJJ and Submission Underground. People love Submission Underground. Now, a lot of pure jiu-jitsu, like people that love jiu-jitsu and that practice jiu-jitsu don't really like Submission Underground, but a lot of casual MMA fans love Submission Underground. They get to watch grappling, you know, and it's cool. They get to see these submissions that take place, but they also get to hear Chell's son and rant for two hours. And a lot of times Chell will talk MMA. So he'll talk a lot of news, you know, regarding MMA. He'll bring in MMA fighters like UFC fighters to do his event. And so a lot of casuals will watch that. And CJJ is the most watched jujitsu event, just number wise. 
the UFC loves CJJ. They want Eddie Bravo to expand. If you've been following Brandon on his Facebook and Instagram, you'll know that CJJ is expanding to the other continents. They're going to do a show in Russia. They're going to do a show in Japan. I think they're going to do a show in Australia. And it's all because of how popular it is. The numbers that uh, that people that watch on UFC Fight Pass are skyrocketing. Each event becomes more and more popular. This is just not true for Gi. The Gi doesn't have any platform that allows fans outside of jiu-jitsu to watch. I mean, you really have to be a flow, uh, a flow grappling subscriber to watch any Gi jiu-jitsu. And even then, a lot of the Flow Grappling subscribers aren't watching that because I can't even really remember the last Gi event Flow had. The last four or five professional events have been like Emerald City. They had uh, the Inter- Emerald City Inv- uh, Invitational, which PJ Barch won. He looked amazing. We had Who's Number One. They've got Fight to Win. I mean, you'll see some Gi matches on Fight to Win, so I guess that's really the only Gi matches that they've been doing. And the more that... Gi Jiu-Jitsu really starts, uh, or I should say, the more that Gi Jiu-Jitsu can't find promotion to you know, have these big prize tournaments and they can't attract top talent, the top talent's not going to be training it. When a guy like Mike, Mikey Musumeci is choosing to do no Gi and competing in no Gi, I think that says everything about the state of Gi Jiu-Jitsu versus no Gi Jiu-Jitsu. No Gi Jiu-Jitsu is just way more popular. So on the professional scene, I really think that Gordon is right. I think in 10 years, professional gi jiu-jitsu will be almost non-existent, especially when we talk about money and prize pools and like how much money you can make. I think it'll be 50 to 1. Like You'll be able to make 50 times more money in no gi jiu-jitsu than you can in gi jiu-jitsu. But I think the real question that everyone's wondering is where will Gi Jiu-Jitsu be as it comes to owning a school or being able to train in the Gi? Because you throw a dart at a a picture of a world map, right? You just throw a dart to a, a random dart. It lands in a random city on a random continent. You have to find a Jiu Jitsu school. I'd almost guarantee, almost guarantee the closest school to that dart you threw is going to be a Gi school. Gi schools still dominate recreational jiu-jitsu. You go to any big city, you're going to have multiple Gracie Bajas, Alliances, Atoses now. And as 10th Planet continues to grow and get bigger, you're finding more 10th Planets. You can now find a 10th Planet almost on every continent, but you still can't find a 10th Planet on every continent. And most continents only have one or two. You think about Europe. Europe has very few 10th Planets. A handful, maybe five or six. The Middle East has two. Australia has three. Asia, man, I think Asia might have one. I don't even know if Asia has one. No, I know Asia has two because they have the one in Thailand. And, well, they used to have one in um, in Singapore, but that's not existent anymore. And I don't think there's any in Africa. So, yeah, if you throw a tart and it hits Europe, you're training at a, like, you're going to have to go train at a gi school. But what I'm seeing, at least from the people that are coming into my school, and I should say, again, you guys know it's a 10th planet school, so it's no gi. So the people coming in are looking for no gi jiu-jitsu. But it seems to me that the people that are looking for jiu-jitsu these days are looking for no gi jiu-jitsu. And a lot of that is because they're seeing 
and they're listening to Joe Rogan, they're watching the UFC on ESPN, they're looking for grappling. And in their mind, grappling is done without the kimono. It's done without the uh, without the gi. Now, when you listen to guys that started in the early days of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the really OG guys, their first introduction to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was Hoist Gracie in UFC 1. But let's look back at UFC 1, 1993. Has any sport changed more than MMA in the past 27 years? Because you look at basketball in 1993. You had Michael Jordan. You're telling me Michael Jordan couldn't play in 2021? You're telling me Hakeem Olajuwon, Scottie Pippen, Charles Barkley, all those dudes are balling out in 2021. They would be competitive with anybody. Now, I don't think they would just like come in and dominate like the people that are just like, Michael Jordan would win a 1,000. Like He'd win 50 championships a row with the rules they have in place. Like No, there's some ballers playing in the NBA today. But anyways, basketball hasn't changed too much except that teams are taking way more three-pointers. But MMA is a completely different sport. It looks completely different. You take anybody from the first 20 UFCs, you throw them into a fight today in the UFC, they're getting absolutely murdered by everybody on the roster. A lot of those guys couldn't win fights in your just local regional professional shows. Like V3 or King of the Cage or whatever you are, think of your regional show. A lot of those guys would struggle to have a winning record with their talent and with their skills that they had in 1993 to 2000. MMA has completely changed. And Jiu-Jitsu, while it hasn't seen as big of a change as, as MMA, it's probably the sport that's changed the second most. It looks completely different than it did in the 90s. In the 90s when it was dominated by the Gracies and, you know, Gi, like it was all Gi practitioners. There were no no-Gi schools. Honestly, if you just trained no-Gi, you were ostracized. People hated you. They didn't, they wanted, like, they wanted to fight you. They wanted to, you know, prove that you didn't do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. took Eddie Bravo breaking away. I shouldn't say breaking away. Well, I guess he broke away from the Gi with John Jock's blessing, but it took Eddie Bravo to step outside to do something different, you know, and start this no-gi revolution. So it's wild, but the sport has changed tremendously. And all those guys, like the early ADCC winners, you throw those early ADCC winners in today's tournament, they're getting their legs broken half. They're getting absolutely dominated. And it's nothing against those guys. But Hicks and Gracie would get destroyed by Gordon Ryan. He just would. I've seen... Tons of footage of Hickson rolling. Gordon is three times the practitioner that Hickson is. Now, Hickson has a lot of beautiful jiu-jitsu. I'm not saying he's not a world-class black belt, but he is in a different way. He's not a competitive world-class black belt. His jiu-jitsu back then wouldn't be competitive world-class in today's standard. Now, if Hickson learned all of the new tricks and all the new moves, yes, he would be super good. But I'm talking about you just take their jiu-jitsu back then. There was no X guard. There was no single leg X. They didn't know any of the Ashigaramis. Nobody knew leg locks. A lot of the seated wrestling, a lot of a lot of the newer submissions, a lot of the back triangles. A lot. I mean, there's just so many positions that have come up in the past five to ten years that was just non-existent. Guys weren't doing it at all. And you're seeing that. You know, you're listening to guys like Mikey Musumeci talk about like, no, I have to train no geek. 
He's training no gi. All the foot I've, I was just watching him yesterday. He's getting ready for that who's number one match, as I already mentioned, against Lucas Panero, who's a beast from Atos. He's training no gi. He's not training in the gi. And that has been completely, completely that belief of you have to train gi to get better at no gi. Nobody says that anymore. Now a lot of people complain about the no gi guys because they have such a head start and it's there's such an unfair advantage because this guy trains half the time in the gi and the no gi guy just trains full time. And so I really think that we're going to see more and more practitioners switch to more no gi training. I think a lot of schools, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot harder to find outside of like the Gracie family name schools. Like Gracie Baja will always be Gracie Baja, right? But a lot of the things that Gracie Baja is doing is completely throwing the, um, you know, like throwing people off. Like they hate, I know mo- so many people that hate training at Gracie Baja. They do not like training at Gracie Baja because they nickel and dime them. They make them buy their geese. They make them buy their rash guards that they have to wear under their geese. And there's just so many more expenses that a lot of these gi schools are doing that just aren't being required at these no-gi academies. I think we're going to see more, more schools turn into like 50-50. And then we're going to start seeing maybe 75-25. And then we're going to see the more serious competitors doing 90-10 or maybe even just straight 100% no-gi. So in 10 years, no-gi is going to be the king of grappling. It already is on its way. It's almost there. It's probably only a couple uh, couple years away from being the most dominant aspect when it comes to professional grappling. But there's still going to be a place and there's still going to be money to be made for gi jiu-jitsu. Like you're still going to be able to make a living doing gi jiu-jitsu. But no gi jiu-jitsu I think you're going to find that this, those schools are way bigger. They're going to be way more successful, and there's going to be way more opportunities for its athletes or people that just want to open up and, and start teaching, doing all that stuff. Like if you want to become like, hey, I want to, I want to work with UFC fighters, you need to start working on no-gi grappling. The more and more I listen to these, uh, you know, I was just listening to Leon Edwards today. I just finished up that podcast he was on Joe Rogan a few months ago. So Leon Edwards, I think he's the number two ranked welterweight in the UFC. But he was just talking about how he doesn't like training in the gi. He just doesn't make any sense to him. He doesn't understand why. His instructors won't promote him because he's not training in the gi. But he doesn't care about his promotion enough to train in the gi because it just doesn't relate to what he's trying to do in the cage. He's trying to win a UFC title, and he's very close to doing it. He's got a big fight coming up against Nate Diaz. But I'm listening to more and more of these guys talk about how they don't train in the gi. And they've got these guys, and they're usually Brazilians, that won't promote them because they won't put on a stupid piece of clothing. If you want to work with UFC fighters, you need to start training no gi. You need to understand the no gi game. You need to understand the no gi game like the back of your hand. You need to be a master at no gi jiu-jitsu. Because in 10 years, it's going to be very hard to find UFC or professional MMA fighters that have their head grappling coaches that force them to wear the gi. That's becoming, again, more and more outdated. Most guys these days are preferring to go with guys that train more no gi. You hear guys all the time when they go on Rogan, they're talking about the Donahue Death Squad or 10th Planet. Donahue Death Squad or 10th Planet. Oh, especially like those Donahue guys. I want to go train with the Donahue Death Squad. I want to go learn those no-gi techniques. 
And so, again, man, I really think if you're looking for opportunities, you're looking to make a name for yourself, you're looking to become a, a star coach, it's going to be done in no-gi jiu-jitsu. I don't think there's any money to be made other than owning a school and charging people to wear gis with your name brand on it. Like, there's no money to be made in 10 years other than you own a school that overcharges people for gis. Now, I still think training in the gi, there's some really beautiful techniques and there's a lot of really good jiu-jitsu to learn, but you can learn all of that no gi. Both have their both have their their pluses, you know, like things that that people really enjoy about it. But man, just for a marketing and a hey, I have to bet on one of these two in 10 years to have fans that don't do it, right? How many fans of the NFL are there that have never played football? So many. I'm one of them. I never played football, and I like the NFL. I like watching NFL football on Sunday, especially Sunday night. Go family dinner. Afterwards, me and my dad kick back, and we'll watch the Cowboys game, the Cowboys versus the Eagles. I love doing that. Which one are you willing to bet on in 10 years that you and your dad could sit down and enjoy? Is it the PGF? Because I know a lot of people that have been watching the PGF that do not train jiu-jitsu. And they really like the story. They really like even watching the grappling. The grappling's really interesting to them. It's not quite a fight, but they see that it's a struggle. They like the competition. They like the submissions. They like seeing the wrestling. Which one are you going to bet on? Whichever one you're willing to bet on, I'd say really focus on training that for the next 10 years, especially if you're looking to make a living doing something that you love. I'm betting on no-gi jiu-jitsu. Guys, the finale of the PGF is next Friday. It's a crazy eight-man bracket. I'm not sure if there's any super fights. I think there was a plan to have a couple, but I'm not sure. Um, But I know at least the eight-man, no time limit tournament's going down. I'm going to make some predictions next week. So let me think on it a little bit more because I think there could be some upsets, man. San Barboza is a name that really intrigues me on the right side of the bracket. But I hope you guys have a phenomenal rest of the week. Until next time, peace.